Welcome back to another episode of Nerds of the Rounds, guys. Another COVID edition. It's your host, Sebastian. Your boy, Law. And your boy, Tone, from across the hall. And today, we have with us the awesome podcast team of... I'm George the Dreamer Medina. And I'm Sam the Crazy Man Vera. Nice. And nerds it's are all smooth, right? Yo, that went very smooth. Normally, that takes like 10 takes. Yeah. <laughs> it's never that smooth. Really? Well, just to let our listeners know, all the time. this is the Catch the Craze team from Catch the Craze podcast. I want to congratulate you guys because by the time this comes out, you guys have, have launched your 200th episode. That's yeah. right. How does that feel? Yes. Oh, That's dude. Crazy. If it's insane. It's insane that we got 200 in the can already. Yeah, it's nuts. But uh, it's also a good feeling, too. Yeah. So how, how, how did that journey to 200 start? The journey to catch the craze. Well, who, who, who made the first move? That's, that, 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 that's, always, <laughs> well, that's always the best we, way to ask is who made the first move and who said, we, like, yo, you want to do this? Nah, Sam, Sam, we've been doing this show for years. Right, Sam, go ahead. Tell us. Yeah, we started 10 years ago. Um, yeah. So when we started Catch the Craze podcast, we were one in just a, a handful. Um, and we it was part of a – when we started, it was a movement. It was a culture. And we had, we had a huge following, and we hosted indie after parties at New York Comic Con. And, you know, we had tons of tons of guests, and it took off. And then um, then we broke away from everything. And uh, I disappeared, and I was in a cell in Iraq for a while. And uh, – <laughs> I finally uh, escaped and made my way back to the U.S. and uh, hooked up with George. And I was like, um, actually, George and I were talking um, back in April, in spring. Yeah, because my sister was moving. And I had a bunch of stuff in the basement. And I had some big cutouts of one of his characters back then. I was like, yo, Sam, I'm about to throw this stuff out. Do you want it? And he was like, yeah, I want it. So we went back and forth. And he was like, yeah, when, when can I go drop it off? Sam had just moved. So I ended up at his house one day and yo, dude, we started talking reminiscing about the old days and it was a wrap. Sam was like, right, Sam? Yeah, that was it. And uh, the, the spark was rekindled and uh, and the dreamer and the crazy man said, let's just do this. And so, um, you know, the industry's changed, you know, from when we yeah. did it, you know, if you listen to our shows, we talked about some of the tools we used back then from big camcorders and, uh, <laughs> you know, just very primitive ways of doing things. Yeah. And uh, so everything changed now. And, you know, you get the webcams and, you know, um, I mean, everyone can, you can do the simplest form by just picking up your camera and just doing a podcast. Or you can be as crazy as I am and, and, and go a little extreme with the tools and the technology. And um, so I went back and did my homework, uh, invested in the, in the tools. Uh, and we launched our first episode in September of last year. And, um, we're, you know, we're going to be anniversary that when you're back in the game. And, you know, what we found was the chemistry was always there, but the, the, the market changed, the people changed. And so um, we needed to adjust and figure out where we fit in and where we were big fish in a pond. Now we're guppies in a massive ocean. And so like, all right, how do we fit and how do we um, keep our voice and our message the same, but adjust to the time and the, and the people in the industry because so much has changed and there's so much. And we were talking about it earlier this evening about the trends on YouTube and social media. So, but we didn't change who we are and what we love to do and we like to support the indie community. So it's just been growing um, because of that. And we, we just didn't change our DNA. This is tough. Yeah. Well said. Before the podcast form, how did you guys meet? That's the interesting story. Oh, uh, yeah. It was, yeah, fun. yeah. it was fun. We were, um, I took courses at the School of Visual Arts, and we had a life drawing class. And so you'd have nude models. And Sam loves this story. He loves this <laughs> I, I wonder <laughs> why. This shouldn't have gone that way, but here we go. We're there no. now. Go, go for a second. <laughs> you know, so it was a curse and a blessing, right? So it was messed oh, up because shit. it's all dudes in the class, right? And then it's all male models, right? So I'm like, come on, right? So I remember, <laughs> I, so you got these cats going up uh, um, and you're like, damn, yeah, I'm not going to draw that. I'm just going to draw his torso. And uh, so we're there. And then that's how I uh, met up with George. And I noticed that, you know, George had a, uh, a web uh, 
a printed out booklet, comic book of Rush 5377. And you had some sort of hip hop duck. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. Dan, yeah, Danny Duck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, he had like, and so we were talking and I was telling him about Crazy Comics. Uh, so Crazy Comics spawned from, I was in the music business and I used to rap. And so it was Crazy Skills Productions and I wanted to have like a media empire and Crazy Comics was just going to be a division of Crazy Media Group. Yeah. Evil mastermind over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know how those Boricos are. I wanted to rule the world. <laughs> so, so we just can't have a piece. We got to have the whole thing. So, uh, so we started talking and he's like, yeah, let's, let's, let's hook up. And um, so I remember we were, um, at that time, there was a lot of different guys. We went through so many different cats. Now it was like, where do we start? And so then, you know, how do we print our books? And I had a contact who was able to hook us up with full gloss color printing. Um, the only the only thing was we had to fold them and staple them ourselves, and uh, so we'd get these stacks. You know, we need it. it was almost like it was like the dark alley. He's in a trench coat. <laughs> like, yeah. and he gives us, we give him cash, got, and we're like, we print out five hundred books, bro. Oh, five hundred yes. books, we printed out. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So now we got the books, and now we're like, all right, now we need to a venue, and so you need to move the product. Yeah, we need to yeah. move the product, right? And uh, yeah. right, it's like and, uh, don't get high in your own supply. So. Um, <laughs> So Big Apple Comic Con was at the New Yorker Hotel. And if, I don't know if you guys have ever been, Michael Carbonero runs the whole show and he's like- uh, He's still doing it. Yeah, Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's like Errol Smith. He's like Liberace, all that mix in one, you know. Um, So I remember we didn't want to pay for a table. You know, we we were paying nickels on our books. And so I remember going in, we, we created an ad for the Big Apple. And we did it a big poster, full color. And so I go in there and I'm like, you know, how do I get a table? I met with um, his middleman. And he's like, well, this is much it costs. I said, no, but no, how do I get a table? You got to talk to Mike. So I go to, they introduced me to Mike. And um, he's like, who are you? I was like, oh, my name is Sam, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, how do I get a table? Well, it costs you this much. I said, no, 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 you don't understand. How do I get a table? And I was like, and I, was like I said, do you know who I is? And so um, he's going back and forth. He goes, what's your name again? So he asked me my name six times. And um, so then I was he like, still I doesn't remember that shit. Yes. Yeah, so I said, can I show you something? So I pulled out the poster. And he's like, you did this? I was like, uh, he goes, that's, that's my show. I said, yes, I know it's your show. And he's like, you did it? He's like, he goes, can you do this again? I said, yeah. If you do this for the next show, I'll give you a table. I'm like, what? And so we walk out, we're like kids, we're hugging and high-fiving, we're like, yes, we got a show. So our first show was at the New Yorker, and uh, we were, the, it was, we wouldn't expected the attention we received, but we were, full, it was doing the image craze. And so here comes this new cat nobody knows about, Full Color, Rush 5377, Cosmic Wars, we have a whole team, we all have logoed shirts on. You know, and we have our, our set up, big banner backdrop, and and we're selling them fast. And everyone's like wanting to know who we are. And so we got we got hyped up and we got the bug. And that's that was the beginning of uh, Crazy Comics. And uh, yeah. that's how it started. Yeah, so we so we met at SBA, guys, in short. Oh no, nah, man! That, but like that. that's a that's that dude. That's so it's such a great story. Like I love like the hustle that you have yeah. there to not just accept the fact. Yeah, well, you know, why do I gotta pay for table? Let's do something. I've I've got talent. Let me see what we can do and work for each other. And then how you guys came together and were like, you know what? Even though we're we're not selling everything, this is our first show. We're gonna be as fucking official as possible, so that it said because people don't know who the hell we are and they don't know. They think we can. The more official we look, the more, you know, authentic we like, oh yeah, these guys have been selling shit all day. I gotta I gotta get in on this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's just that's just to me, like in the lesson itself, because like when you're really prepared, it doesn't matter whether you have like the experience or not, when you show up and have that that confidence that you got this, that just exudes and just just brings people. And that yeah. that dude, that's that's awesome. A hundred times yeah. over. Yeah. Uh, no, and, and you, it was it's that whole thing of fake it till you make it and like it was people really believed it. Like, right, Sam? Like, a lot of people are like, yo, they wanted to get down. Like, how do we get these? Because we were printing out in color when, like, independents were coming out and just, like, you know, quick black and whites. Like, I think we, we tried to get into the mocha at the time. And we were like, we didn't do well at the mocha because our stuff was in color. And people were looking for, like, the folded piece of paper in black and white. Yeah. So, so it, it, was, it was interesting. 
Yeah, it was interesting. Dude. It was we weren't we weren't independent enough for like for like Mocha, and I was like, what the fuck? But and I think what made our debut so successful is George's skills with desktop publishing, his his use of fonts and logos, and the way and the way he just packages something, and then with just my crazy brain. <laughs> and it's just you put those two Hustle. together yes you know it's like so for me it's like it's like i'm always thinking up that next step and then when we get to get in the think tank is when we put it we package it we wanted the official logo we wanted the official packaging we wanted uh, we wanted the you know we studied what was out in the market and that was our blueprint to making sure that we can stand toe-to-toe with those guys when we put our stuff on so when we went to midtown comics they just put it on the shelves immediately no questions asked, and it's sold. And so, and which is the biggest store in New York, and we were so excited. Yeah. We're like, what? Because um, yeah, there was no distribution. We didn't have Diamond behind us. Yeah, you know I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't that kind of party. No. Yeah. So, so it was fun. Looking back then, and then looking at trends now that everybody's doing, um, also like web comics and all that. What are some of the pitfalls and challenges, and some of the stuff that you guys learned to help with, like you know, current projects and everything? You mean as far as like just like web the, comics in general? Like or? the whole thing that's going on now versus like how it was back then. Because like Tony oh, yeah. pointed out, it was like the rock stars back then with Image Comics. But then now it's like everything's shifted. So mm-hmm. you got like Webtoons, you have all these other new services that are out there. Um, how do you guys see those trends um, currently affecting your works? And also like taking tools from those. Do you, do you guys learn from those different um, services and take those tools to implement what you're doing? I'll let George start first because he stood in the game um, making his comics while I disappeared. So I'll let him. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think everything is about is about adapting, right? So like, and then this is where I got to give Sam credit too because he thinks outside the box, right? When when I you know as I continued, once Sam kind of you know kind of went on his went to Iraq wherever he, he was he was pulled uh, up and I. Uh, you know, I stuck around and I was like, I was still doing my uh, my stuff. And a lot of that, is, you're right, it was, it was like, at that point, it was, all right, so webtoons are coming out or, or like, you know, websites and, and, and like web comics and things like that. But I, I love the paper, man. Like, I love just, you know, the turning a page and reading a book. So I stayed with that. But I realized that single issues were more expensive to do than like a graphic novel. So I, I lean towards the graphic novel, and then after that, you know, put out the, the single issues, which is what I did with with uh, with my book with Russ, 5377, when I redid it, I put it all in one graphic novel, and then I put it out in single issues. Same thing with uh, Wonder Dog. I did the same thing with that book. And I think it, it's it's working out for me right now. You know, I'm, I'm selling it on Amazon and then like at Barnes & Noble's, the Wonder Dog book, and I'm, I'm still self-publishing uh, Russ. So yeah, it was about adapting adapting to what the changes that were that were coming, you know? Yeah, I think for me, what I learned from when we did comics was, and what I'm applying to today is take your time. So, you know, I have my book, Forbidden, that's completely written, completely drawn and drawn, or just finishing up on the lettering on it, right? And that's something that I'm, I'm going to release at the end of the year. And so for me, the, the timetable was making sure that when I decide to come back out with my books, make sure it's finished. So I'm not chasing anything. So I can release single issues and release the trade as well. And But the market is so saturated with so many individual creatives where back then, if we created a website, it was easier to get recognized and get ranked on Google, Google than it is now. And so if you typed in crazy comics, you know, the web blew up with hundreds of images of everything that we produced and whatever it was, where now I have a new website, I create stories and it's for me to get ranked on Google is is, I'm fighting for. And so because there's a lot more fish in the sea. So understanding that method, learning the difference, because I think what happens is if you're a novice uh, to social media, like I was coming back into the game, the first thing you want to do is invest in ads. And what I learned quickly was the ads are not helping. Uh, they're not giving, they're giving you a false positive. And so what we're doing is it's the grassroots stuff, just the daily posting. The daily posting is what's driving me, driving the traffic and increasing the, the subscriber base, the consistency, making sure that every Friday we 
our shows out, right? Making sure that we never, we've been out, uh, we've been an anniversary a year, and every Friday our show hit. We haven't missed a Friday. And, you know, so I think it's making sure that, you know, we're consistent, uh, understanding where to invest your money. I think that's the biggest part of it. And don't rush because you'll hurt your credibility if you rush because you just want for the sake of bragging rights. Like, look, I got a book. Um, I'd rather have it the way I want it, start to finish with no regrets, put it out on a, on a timeline that works for me and market it. So I know that, all right, three months before I'm going to debut it, every day for those three months, you're going to know that a book is coming out. And so I think that's what it is. So I think not being dependent on YouTube ads or MySpace ads or MySpace. Look at me. Wow. Diablo. MySpace. He said Black Planet. Instagram. Instagram ads. That's it. George. You want to date yourself even more? Just say Mahente. That's it. So like Instagram ads. No Instagram ad has generated anything for us. Um, and we, I've done a few of them. Um, so it's just under, cause, and I watch everything. I'm a big data guy and analytics guy, and I watch it. While you get a lot of views on it, no one goes beyond Instagram. They stay in that, that platform, mm-hmm. right? So if I want to grow my YouTube channel. You want to be able to play, bounce people somewhere else, and yeah, it's not going anywhere. Sandbox. And um, what I learned also is the communities are the, the biggest um, bang for your buck joining a lot of communities, um, networking with a lot of people, and that's what's going to give you the notoriety and the credibility, um, not those false ads. I, I'm not a big believer in ads. I, as I tried it, um, it doesn't give me any reward. So I think that's what's changed, and that's how I'm looking at it. Honestly, I love your guys' ads that you guys be posting on the sites. You guys are freaking <laughs> awesome with it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But that works because you see a lot of ads um, that – you know, people look at it and you'll know, scroll pie and just, oh, I'm gonna hide this ad and what have you. And then at the end of the day, like there's no engagement. Right. You don't know your audience, you don't know who came to see your page, and they're literally just like a quick view and glance, but then you have like maybe five comments out of a thousand people who saw the post. Like right. come on, man. Like it, it's so much more work that you're not getting any return on. Uh, most of our guests now are coming from people connecting on Instagram and just hitting me up and just saying, hey, you know, I, I'm a writer. Or, hey, I have a song, a single that's coming out, and I'd like to promote my music on your show. And that's basically, that's why we are so, um, the pipeline's full, like, because of what we're doing, and it's the grassroots hustle, uh, and it's the consistency. You know, it, yes. it has to be relevant. People have short attention spans. And, you know, the moment you change patterns and you disappear for a week or two, that, that's it. They're like, ah, oh, I'm moving on. I can't wait. So I think that's the, you know, the biggest thing is that George and I made a commitment that if we're going to do this, we need to have a regular schedule. And, and you know, you know, what's helped too is, I, I, I hate to say it, but like this whole COVID thing, like yeah. I, we were just talking about this, just we were recording right before we came on. And we were talking about how, like, I used to go to Sam's house once a month. Two nights, I would come over, you know, back to back, and we would record four shows in those two days. And that would be our four shows for the next month. So we were, like, always four shows ahead. With Zoom and with, like, this whole coach, like, we record shows all the time. We're, like, 12 shows ahead of schedule. What was it like trying to find your guys' voice after coming back and trying to figure out, like, how you're going to step back into all this? Well, see, because George and I have been apart for a while, right? Right. I think George forgot how crazy I really am. So you can tell in those early shows how uncomfortable he I was. was. Like, Whoa, this when I break out crazy. into, into a two, when I break out, into it's, a song. it's like when you reminisce about an ex, and you're just like, yo, oh. she wasn't that bad, <laughs> was she? <laughs> no, she was. She was. She was crazy. She was, she was so if you go back to the early shows, Joe's try, George is trying to please be as cool as possible, and then I break out into a song, and you can see his face. And you can see his eyes. He's like, yo, oh. random songs, like not even like popular today songs, like songs. Like nursery rhymes. I'm like, what the hell is going on, bro? Oh man. <laughs> so, so uh, for me, it, it was just about being who I am, and then, and then also, um, you know, capitalizing on who George is, right? And um, uh, George, the dreamer of Medina, came from Cast the Craze, 
And getting him to say that was also a, a feat in itself because he was just say George. <laughs> I'd be, like, be like George the Dreamer Medina now, now I'm dancing I had to get him a beat you know I, you know, I, like, you know, I gotta manipulate this guy to get you him had to wind me and dime me <laughs> I was like fine I'll say but I, I think I think also part of what, what we did with the show was alright Sam so we have this show we're coming back what are we gonna do like are we gonna have segments are we gonna have this so we had a long list of just people we were going to, because we, we the, the whole thing of the show was always just geared for the independent. So right. getting people on the show and interviewing them and just letting them talk about themselves and what they're doing to promote them. So that part of the show was always going to stay the same. But the other stuff, the filler stuff, so we came up with like with like the Get Your, you know, get your Meds uh, segment where we talk about something that's going on in the industry or how to in the industry type of thing. And then Sam expanded that with, like, and he talked about the consistency, and it's about, you know, the 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 other segments of the show, you know, the the, the crazy less than ten, you know, like that kind of stuff, just to kind of fill in the void of that every Friday show. So now that's on every Monday, and like, so it's constantly just adding things to the show. So that's kind of like what we did to prepare for like the new version of the show, and it, it's funny because I think. Sam, this is, I know we celebrated the 200th show, but we've really done 50 new shows. Because 150 were what the old shows were. There were 150 old shows from like the early 2000s that Sam has archived somewhere. So oh, wow. we've really done, yeah, so we've really done 50 new shows. But even you, 50 is a, is a huge feat in and of itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I've been uploading all of the archives because we've had everybody from um, Michael Oming, we've had yeah, when, 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 yeah. We've had, I mean, so many different uh, people throughout the years. So we just picked up where we left off, and I've been uploading the archives every now and then, and, and I've been formatting it to YouTube as well. The craze in 10 or less came from uh, me just being a research person and trying to understand how to give people little bits and pieces to get them to, to enjoy the big eye. And so I said, how do I give them something to say, oh, what, you know, what is that? Because we do talk about when we decided to come back, we created a showrunner. So we had everything right. that we were going to talk about, time slots, blah, blah, you know, because if you look at the original Crazy Catch the Craze shows, we had books with John, we had comic book show, we had a gaming show, we had um, Dark Corner, Dark with, Corner Michelle. with Michelle St. Martin. So yeah. we had a lot of different shows and we had a lot mm. of live skits and all that stuff, whatever. Yeah. So, so how do we incorporate that in one show? Uh, right now and, and, and format. So we structured it in a way. So we start off with the idle chat, what's going on, who's coming on, blah, blah, blah. Then we pick up, we have a topic that we talk about that's industry related and we go into that. Um, then we have our guests and then we do a wrap up show. Um, and, and, throughout, and throughout the entire show, I find every opportunity to make George uncomfortable. But uh, uh, then, we, and then COVID allowed like me to, like a good co-host. Yes, yes. Oh yeah. Being locked up in the house allowed me to come up with the crazy ten or less. And I was like, all right, I need to give something more. And so uh, you know, nothing more than ten minutes and whatever. And now we have another show that's coming out, um, and um, which is going to give another insight into and draw a different audience to it. And so, natural progression, we started attracting musicians. To the show, and which and we you know, we had a director, film director, and creator on the show. So we're getting a diverse audience, um, which yeah. is fantastic because we've always been, um, you know, Catch the Craze. Our theme was, you know, you know we're for independence and, and everything. If you listen to our old commercials, uh, we are the heart of the industry, from comics to music to all things independence. We are, you know, and, and so that was always our theme. Yeah. And but when we started out, we were only attracting comic uh, creators and now we're attracting everybody and, and on my Instagram the amount of musicians that are following and connecting it's it's amazing yeah, and we, uh, we just uh, we just had a guy who, who sells comics for profit like and he yes. broke down the whole process of grading comics and all that other stuff yes yeah, so it was it's like very interesting you know we had a guy who he was a youtuber right uh, right Sam uh, what was that hail Hydra some shit like that. it was like <laughs> Yeah. It's like you just find interesting people who just reach out to Sam and say, hey, I want to be on your show. And we don't say no, dude. We're like, yeah. So we're attracting a lot of different talent. 
um, which is great because that's what we that was our 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 vision from the jump, <laughs> and it now it's just happening naturally. You know, we attract the you gentlemen. Yeah. So let me. Like, oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> that was a mutual attraction. I gave you a beer, you gave me a beer, and we talked. <laughs> so so let me ask you guys, and, and also, too, this is adding to your experience, too, George, when you said that someone purchased your comic and then returned to you a few years, years later with that comic. Um, just by all those experiences, how do you guys feel when people now are reaching out to you and, like, recognizing the work that you guys have laid out and, you know, you're being recognized for that? How does that make you feel as a creator? It's really humbling, bro. Like, honestly, like, for example, we were joking about the thing that you guys did for us. Like, I reached out to, to all of our guests for the 200 show, see if they wanted to say something and so we can uh, put it on the show. And, you know, like, the response was, hell yeah, dude, right away. And, like, and the videos, bro, like, they're really, like, really nice, just genuine, you know, thank yous. And, like, and, and I, we're talking about it with Sam. It's like, you give love, you get love. You know what I mean? And that's, I think that that's part of it. So when, even when I'm like selling a book or whatever, or I'm at a convention talking to somebody, genuinely, I'm not just trying to sell you my book. I am trying to sell you my book, but I'm also trying to like connect and like, yo, so what do you like? Like, what do you do? And I think that when you build, and it's hard now because we're not going to have conventions for a while to do that in, but when you make that sale that way, and like, and I had told you about that person who came back, when that happens, it's humbling, bro, because it's like, I can't, you know, I'm not a freaking superstar, big, you know, whatever. But like when that happens, dude, it's like, wow, that's that's just it's humbling. And that's that's all. I mean, that's what I can say. It's humbling. Uh, speak for yourself. I'm a superstar. <laughs> okay. Okay. You better come back. What took you so long? A year? Really? <laughs> you are star to me, George. Uh, <laughs> I can already see the dynamic. <laughs> If I, I did, if I did, if I didn't understand it before, <laughs> that was the perfect indication. <laughs> so um, it's funny because I remember George and I sitting down. I was like, "Ah, we're gonna get guests, right?" <clears throat> and so you know, he and I on the streets, like you know, we're like pimping, and um, <laughs> and you know, it's funny because then we're looking at the calendar, saying, "We need guests. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're not gonna have shows." And do we just wing it? We just talk about anything? I was like, "Nah, we have to have." To be. Now we don't have that problem because people are naturally coming. And so when, when I started seeing the testimonials coming in, um, that in itself, you know, I sat back and I was like, oh, wow. You know, and, I, and it was like surreal. I was like, oh, man. Because I, I, uh, I said it in a few shows, had we not given it up 10 years ago, where would we be today? And so then I said, okay, the best form of recognition is what's happening now. It's working, George. And so I think that for me, it's it's amazing because it's the best problem to have when you're trying to now fit everybody in when before we had an empty house. You know what I mean? And so I was like trying to get everybody into a house party. And uh, so now you're like, you know, telling the neighbors, can you go on vacations with your house too? You know, and it's like, <laughs> it's like you know, like block party. And so um, I think now it's just, it's where the fun begins, but then, then there's that flip side of the coin. Then I get a little more maddening and crazy in, <laughs> in, in the think tank, and I'm like, how do we take it to the next level? And uh, so, you know, George and I just had a brainstorming session on the next best thing uh, that we're going, the next evolution of Catch the Craze, um, and we had a ball with this new stage in, in our growth strategy, and, but that's the fun part, you know. You know, we did say a year ago, it's going to take a year to gain momentum. And um, and we've, we're getting momentum. You know, the, the wheels are moving. So that's the exciting part. You have mentioned conventions now, which has been the hot topic. Whatever con is people are able to go to, as soon as this thing is, that con is going to be sold out. Like, it's going to go, people are just going to go insane. Yeah. The first, the first, once it get green lit, it's going to be. Yeah. Well, they said, Jackson, they said Jacksonville had one. But of no course they has, did. But no, of course they the did. Pictures. There have been no pictures posted. <laughs> so, here, here's the, here's, so here's the thing. It's going to be twofold because you're going to get like, you're going to get everyone greenlit at some point. At some point, everyone's going to be like, all right, it's safe to do this. It's safe to do that with restrictions and whatever the case is. And it's going to get sold out because we're so 
fucking craving and starved of all these like you know interactions that we have and share with people but i guarantee just as many people sell out the venue you get half the amount of nerds sitting at home going ain't gonna be me we're just gonna watch as you go right back and we're just like Told you so. Told you. I'm, I'm, I'm on that boat. That's me. That's yeah, me right now. Comic <laughs> retailers that opened up, when they opened up, they had lines. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so, yeah. you know, people are thirsting for, to be normal, um, to be social. In, yeah. in, you with, see that, you see that, especially now, like, it, it was less so, especially in places like New York, because this hit us in the wintertime. Yeah. Nobody's trying to be out fucking outside during the winter. Spring for us is like two weeks. So we barely wanted to be outside for that. As soon as it was hot all the time, people was like, fuck it. I don't got to wear a mask no more. I'm going to go outside, like, yeah. play dominoes and, and smoke hookah with my boys outside. And I'm like, yo, we're still in the middle of a, like, pande- pandemic never left, like, at all. Yeah. It's still, like, acting, acting like it left. Yeah. It's like, oh, right. yeah, now nah, we could, we could just, you know, go hang out with the boys. Y'all having whole ass barbecues and pool parties and, and going fishing. On the flip side, it, for us, you know, it's sure well, we can take the time to be more creative and pump out more content and do what we got to do at home. But it's a weird form of like house arrest almost because you're just like, I want to get outside and I want to do shit. But you know that, you know, it's at a cost and you don't, you know, it's price might just be too high. I got a I mean, I had my sister over this past weekend and my wife had um, sanit- uh, sanitation stations. Um, uh, throughout the house, and and where you, you, you could go and uh, wipe your hands, and she, and she took her temperature when she came in, and uh, oh, had to have masks on. <laughs> I mean, you know, my, in the wife house? That, my wife is that person. You know, when nice. it first when it first kicked in, true story, and you know, the, everyone started raiding the supermarkets and people with mass hysteria, whatever. I remember coming home, and. I opened the door and my wife was there with two cans of light sources. Take off your clothes. And she sprayed me. <laughs> she nearly killed me. And she's like, Shh. I, was like I don't know if COVID's going to get me or you. But, um, <laughs> and now to thank our sponsors. The Nerds of the Round is brought to you by Enbeyond. Make sure to use the code GETNERDYWITH IT to get 10% off merchandise and services such as web hosting, printing, and more at Enbeyond.com. If you guys were approached by any of the studios to make a story of catch the craze into a movie <laughs> who would you guys like to play you oh, <laughs> oh. oh that's a good one damn i'm gonna tell you something that i'm not very proud of but Uh-oh. i've been told this a lot <laughs> you guys remember la bamba oh yes, yes. yes. richie valens that's what i thought of that's, that, that's, that, that's what I knew, yeah. I figured yeah. Sam, it was always like that Eminem thing, like, I'm going to make a joke on me so that when he says it, it's not as funny. Yeah, <laughs> that guy. <laughs> okay. Guys said, who you got, Sam? Who, who, who would be you? Because I'm going to say Brad Pitt or some shit. <laughs> no, no. I was thinking early Mel Gibson. <laughs> Before he went crazy. Lethal weapon. Lethal weapon. Mel Gibson. That version of Mel Gibson. I think him. Everyone will tell me Benicio del Toro. I'm like, shut up. But I mean, you know, you want that craziness. I say Mel Gibson. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think, I don't think Benicio can tap into that crazy. But Mel Gibson, it's already there. It's, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that for me, it would have been funny, who, do, who do you think would be the only one who would be able to direct it properly? Zack Snyder? No, I don't know. You know, you know what? I, I, no, I would. But <laughs> you wanted a good movie. <laughs> wow, get him! I like the cults. I like the cult. You know the yes. cult classics. I wouldn't mind Jeff Smith. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't. Oh, like yeah, 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 that's good. Yeah, I think yeah. It, that would be because he More would be able to capture the essence of the quirkiness and of us because we're not that serious sometimes honestly yeah we were, we were interviewing somebody right now and i know like sam comes from like like corporate and <laughs> when he's asking questions sometimes dude i'm like yo i hope this kid gets the, gets the job like oh yeah it's, it's like a job interview bro i'm like no this kid is going in on that question so you said that blah 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 like wow 
Because, you know, George will ask a question, but there, there's, a, there's a missing element to that question. I'm like, no, 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 you let him off the hook, right? So I'm like, hey, hold it on. Get him. And it's funny because we just had this um, the, the guest on, and he texts he, he text me. He goes, you know, I hope it was okay. I was really nervous. It's always fun. Like, you know, like, I know for me, like, I try to find, like, one – I try to get, like, one good question in or my, que- <laughs> or my question to be more, like, research-based. Like, I'll look through, like, your Instagram and all this other stuff, like, while we're talking. Like, Tone just, just whipping, just yeah. whipping uh, Like, you know. Uh, this is like, why so, you're the so, analytical guy. Like, <laughs> no, so, like, an example. So, we had we had uh, a guest on, uh, Drew Kaboom. He, he was an artist, right? He, he's a hip-hop artist. And so, he, he, dropped, he dropped his EP, or he was dropping his EP. And he had one of his songs on his EP out. So, C-Best told us he would listen to his stuff to get a kind of flow for it. I was like, all right, cool, bet. I'll do that. So his, the, one, the one song I was able to listen to, he has all the lyrics there. So I figured, and while, I, like, while I'm listening to it, I'm like catching things. I'm like, all right, cool, I'm getting it. He's picking a number of references out. I was like, all right, cool. And then I saw the lyrics. I was like, oh, this makes my life so much easier. So I'm reading the lyrics and I'm like looking at the names of different uh, figures from different ancient uh, religions or cultures and i just write um i have a word doc just writing all right this is this this means this person i got i had like 20 things that i picked out from this man's lyrics and i just Damn. and i and i asked about it because he like, had mad refer- he did have he had mad, mad references. references like references to like mesopotamia like wow. like real hardcore awesome historical cultural references and i was like i gotta ask this dude about this like that's one of the things I, I like to do because i was like you know there's a lot of good content here and it may be sometimes hard to get something that specific organically from a conversation but also when do you ask that question because you also right. don't want to come out the gate when you're talking about something else and then be like yeah so by the way Stop whatever the hell you're talking about. Yeah. I need to know more about your lyrics. <laughs> you know, so I know like we like we eventually got to a point where he was talking about his lyrics. And I was like, all right, cool. Let me just now weasel yeah, my way yeah, and yeah, yeah. and ask that question. But like I try to get like one question of like based off research and history or something you posted on but social. That's why like, the three of us as a dynamic works. That's because cool, like man. Yeah, we yeah, were able awesome. to balance each other out with good research. That like Seabass already knows who the person is and like has yeah. a, a wealth of knowledge on them, and then I'm just coming in like it's so much easier to do it with a, a, another co-host or even yes. two more co-hosts to yeah. have that someone you know to fall back on and, and rely on. So one of our earlier episodes before Law became an official member, we had Seabass's uh, uh, boy Pete Rosado on. He's really big into wrestling, so we decided to do an episode of wrestling and comics. And I know Seabass is into wrestling. Like, I know because yeah. I, I, when I first hung out with Seabass, we were drinking beers and watching wrestling. I'm not, mm-hmm. like, a big wrestling head. Like, I, I don't got the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like, you asked me Game of Thrones shit, I can go back years and decades of shit that wasn't <laughs> even shown on TV. Damn. Wrestling, like, I go as far as, like, I can talk about, like, you know, The Rock, Stone Cold, and that's about it. Yeah, so yeah. we have Pete come on, and Pete's talking, and I'm like, they, they are so ingrained in wrestling. <laughs> And I'm like, yo, I can't, I can't do anything here. And then they'll come about, and then Sebastian will throw me a bone. So Tony, you know, I'm like, yo, don't ask me the fucking questions. <laughs> don't ask me to contribute to this. I'm gonna sound like, I'm gonna sound like that kid that didn't study for the test. Uh, or, or he'll be like, oh, he's like, oh, you know, he's, he was like, oh, uh, what, what, what like wrestler or what real like what wrestling trope do you want to see in comics i'm like tropes oh man like i barely know face and heel like can we (laughs) but now you know now right now you know i'm like yo i felt like i couldn't contribute anything or if i did my fucking knowledge was so elementary i was like i'm just gonna like it's just these two dudes talking because like you know it was like hardcore like history before Damn. McMahon took over everything. Like, I don't know any of this. <laughs> I don't know any of this. Wow. So, yeah. Prior to the show, you guys obviously have worked in the indie comics. You went there, Big Apple Comic Con, swinging out there with those books, big superstars. Share with us the concept that you guys had created that you were selling at Big Apple Comic Con. Uh, mine was Cosmic Wars. It was a sci-fi fantasy story. You think, when you think, 
style. It was like you take Fraggle Rock and Star Wars and you mix them together. And um, uh, that was, and the way I did it was, it was part uh, 3D generated and hand illustration. So all the characters were hand illustrated, but all the backgrounds were 3D image that I, I created on computer. And, um, um, and I merged the two to, and, you know, made sure that the lighting, everything matched. Um, so that was something I created when I was a kid. And it was um, uh, Cosmic Dwarf, and then it became Cosmic Wars. And um, that was my book. And then George had... I had the, uh, I had Rust 5377. So I, I, and I drew that book. I drew, colored it, you know, um, did everything. I did the lettering and everything on it. It was actually the first time I had actually used 11 by 17 pieces of paper to draw comics in. Like before, because before I met Sam, I was drawing on like eight and a half by 11, folding them in half. And those were my comics. So that was like the first book that I actually like produced on a computer, colored in Photoshop and did all of that for. So that's what we had. I had, I had Rust 5377 number one, and then Sam had the Cosmic Wars. But then we have, we, we, we ended up doing a book called Genesis. Genesis. And it was like a Bible of all of our characters. It was like their <laughs> background stories, good guys, bad guys. Like it was like almost like a Marvel, you know, universe book. But we called ours Genesis, and it had all magazine. of our characters. Yeah, it was like a magazine style book. Was that that was at the first show, though, right? I think we did that at the end <clears throat> of the first year. Yeah, we we put everything together in one yes, book, we and we had like, trading cards too. We created we trading, trading cards. cards. Um, we had everything. We had posters, trading cards, shirts, hats. <laughs> Pins was the collector's edition of There's an Alien in My Toilet, um, where you got the doll, the book, um, the trade, uh, the trade paperback, and it was limited. And uh, we were selling this at, at cons. It was uh, my own character. That's oh. dope. Awesome. Yes. Oh. Still have the. Uh, that is oh. super so, above <laughs> and beyond. Like so, I'm gonna. Yo, what was the that, process of like getting like that figure made? Like, did you get like a sculpt or anything? Did you yes. reach out to folks? So, um, there's a guy. I forget his name was. His, there was a guy named Matt Geither. He was a mask maker. How we had him on the show. We were introduced That's- to him by Nino Messanera. Nino, who created the unbelievable Logic Detergent Man. We met Nino at uh, New York Spectacular. It was a small comic show at a hotel in New York City. And he had a full costume latex mask yeah. of his character. He was character. cosplaying his own character, yeah. So I, I was like, yo, where, you know, where'd you get that mask from? Uh, I was always looking at, you know, how to maximize on our presentation. And so he hooked me up with the guy. We had him on our show. And then I was like, look, I, do you do figures? And um, so then I sent him the, the designs of the characters. And he created the molds and um, he sent them to me. And um, I did about maybe less than 20 figures. And I did a full head bust oh. <laughs> of, of him. And so it, in one of the pictures at um, San Diego Comic-Con on the table, I had, because the, the same cover where he's coming out the toilet, I have a toilet seat on my table with the bus coming out with the fingers on the toilet bowl. <laughs> and I had a UFO hovering above him at the show. So that's what we did. And then, so I sold a couple of them, a few of them at the cons and um, get the rest. That's yeah. awesome. Shit, you have your own toy of your own character. That, yeah. That's <laughs> dope. That's dope. So George, you, you got the new book that's been picked up by uh, Barnes and Nobles, Wonder Duck. Tell us about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Wonder Duck was something I created back uh, many, many years ago, back in the 90s. Back in the days, I was a big fan of the, uh, the Disney Afternoons. DuckTales was like my big thing. I, I love DuckTales. And there was this one character in DuckTales called Gizmo Duck. And I was like, yo, dude, I got to have my own, like, my own Gizmo Duck. So I created Wonder Duck. So I uh, actually created that character back in the 90s. And then I, I you know, redesigned them as I, as I went along. And finally... I met up with J.M. DeSantis. I'm sure you guys know him. And he started a company called Dark Fire Press. And I was like, hey, uh, you know, are you picking up, you know, independent books to publish? And he was. And he said, dude, if you want, I'll, I'll pick up Wonder Dog. I, you know, I can, I can put it out there for you. And I had just, you know, we had just gotten back and Sam and I were working on the, uh, on the show. So I was like, you know what, rather than hustle and bustle the whole book and do all of that stuff because I want to do some stuff, you know, do the, the catch the crazy stuff. I was like, you know, let's do it. So 
signed a contract, and sure enough, man, he got it in. He's, it's in Barnes and Nobles now. It's in. Uh, it's in, on Amazon. You can get it on Amazon. It's on Cosmo, uh, Comixology. 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 <laughs> yes, he's been doing it. He's been and the book is doing great, man. It's uh, the stories about uh, a duck who was is an out of work actor, and he's he. It's kind of dark. He is thinking of ending it all. He's going to jump into the water and kill himself, but he's a duck, so he won't drown. And all of a sudden, something comes from out of his hands and right in the head, and he becomes Wonder Duck. Now, the whole story behind it is that um, in another planet, there's a war going on, and the scientist who created the costume is actually being charged of treason because he's going against his own people, and he created this suit to kind of attack them. And so that's where kind of the story takes off, and Wonder Duck just becomes the superhero who's out to protect the, the galaxy from, uh, from all evildoers everywhere. Simple premise, um, but it's about the, the story in itself, and you know, I, I, I had fun writing it. And I'm actually working on the second part of it now. So nice. hopefully that'll be out by next uh, next October. Very nice. So to our young viewers out there, our viewers who are looking to get into podcasting, independent comics, just by what you guys have gone through, what advice would you like to lay out there for those looking to go down this route? Guys, this, this, this rabbit hole. Okay, give them that deep, give them that deep, deep, you know, advice. I think it's first understand your why, right? So why do you want to do it? What are you looking to get from it? What are your, your knows? What are you not willing to do? So I think what happens is there's a lot of clout chasers and there's a lot of trend chasers, right? And so um, people are looking to capitalize on what's trending. If that's, your, if that's what you want to do, then go for it. Um, if you're looking to make your own path, understand that there's a lot of work and sacrifice in the back end. So I would, I would suggest is reach out to other podcasters, educate yourself, find your niche and your voice, but also know that um, if you're going to do this, it's going to require time, money, sacrifice. And it's a grind. And if you're just looking to just do something and have fun, you're not going to build an audience. You're not going to get credibility. If you're, if you really want to build a brand and you are your brand, or if you're doing it because you want to sell something then be consistent with it, but understand your audience. I think that's what I did when we, George and I decided to do it in spring, I was studying re again, the game that I started in and I had to reeducate myself and understand all the differences in technology and streaming in platforms, which is going to be better for our message, understanding the market. It's a lot of work. Like you know, today, for instance, we had two in, two guests on today, and we're being interviewed today. So that required me coming into the studio, you know, early in the morning, preparing all the back end stuff, making sure everything's right, you know, you know, and um, just to do the show. So what you see at the end, it's it's the fruits of the labor, you know, but the back end stuff. And so, are you just going to be a social podcaster where you just want to just put up a phone and just start talking, or do you want to have something fully packaged? Um, once you understand your why and what you're not willing to do, because if you have, a, I always said, I said it before, if your list of knots are greater than your wills, don't waste your time. Because you should, yeah, I will do this. I can do this should be multiple pages compared to I, I can't do this because the moment you have anything that's going to, if you have a back out plan, don't do it. If it's a hobby, don't waste your time because you're not going to, get your message across and no one's going to see you. People want to see what you're about and you know, they're going to test you. How real are you? So I think that's just the biggest thing. But if you're going to do it, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of places to go. There's a lot of podcasters out there that you can talk to. Um, there's a lot of YouTube videos on how to and just study before you launch and then try it out and work out the kinks. Cause there's a lot of technical issues that you're not planning for. That's going to come up and bite you in the rear. So I think, you know, Try it out with some friends, you know, check the audio, all that stuff. I mean, if you watch some of the shows that George and I did during this COVID thing and the amount of uh, streaming platforms that we transitioned to because either the audio wasn't good or what, you know, the, there was just so many things that were happening in real time. You know, you can get pissed off and it's just like, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. But we still muscled through it. And so let's keep going. But it's, if you love it, you got to love it. it. The next stage of Catch is Craze is going to be a comic book. 
And Ooh. so, you know, it's funny how you said that about comics. So Cash the Craze, you know, you've been seeing what level of crazy are you by promotions on how crazy are you? Are you hyper crazy? But those char- crazies are characters. And so that are in the book. And the book is about George and I. And it's about the two guys that started out podcasting 10 years ago. And they were the, they were the, the buzz, the craze. And then they walked away. Same thing. Come back years later and nothing's happening. And they're working and they're doing shows and they're not getting any traction. And, you know, and uh, the crazy man goes into the woods and shouts out to the universe, uh, you know, help us be popular. And then that's how the crazy man, I don't know if you've seen the skits with the Afro guy, um, um, the videos with uh, the crazy man, you know, and uh, my alter ego. Well, he comes and appears and he's going to help us start the craze. And then it just takes off and uh, these little critters come out of nowhere. He releases a bunch of crazies. (laughs) And they start bopping people in the head and they become zombies listening to Catch the Craze. And then uh, no one understands what's happening and people walking around aimlessly just listening to headsets and watching their phones. And then we get interrogated by the FBI and it takes off from there. So, and then we have to stop the craze. Um, We have to catch the crazies. We're going to have a membership uh, program and you can actually buy a crazy as your icon, um, as a support. Uh, So it's going to be on our Patreon. So there's going to be a lot of things. So we're excited about this. There's a whole lot of different characters that come out of it. George goes into the woods um, when we need to try (laughs) to stop the crazies and he shouts out and then the dreamers show up. So it's going to, it's going to be crazy. I am with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Characters well, yeah. are pretty hot. Um, you know, they walk around with microphones and uh, they bop people over the head. You can't <laughs> see them, but we can see them. Right. <laughs> so then, so we're like, oh, we think we're going crazy. And we're, so we're on a stakeout trying to catch them. And it's, it's, just a, it's, a, it's a whole crazy world. And where can we find you guys on the interwebs? Let's go. Let's plug that in. Just type in Cast the Craze and you will get everywhere. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube. Audio-wise, we're on every audio platform from Pandora, you know, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, we're Spotify, we're everywhere. Uh, so that's a great thing. So you can, li- if you don't want to watch it, you can listen to it. So you have many ways to be able to catch the craze. Sam's got a website, uh, iCreateStories.com, and I have a website called MedinaWhip.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at MedinaWhip. I want to thank you guys again for coming on Nerds It Around. It's been, it's been fun. Fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. We're definitely going to have you guys yes. back on for another chit-chat. <laughs> for sure. Yes, yes. We'll just talk back. This was exciting. Thank you, guys. This has been another exciting COVID edition of Nerds It Around. Your host, Sebastian. It's a boy law. Anybody tone from across the hall. Make sure you wash your hands and, and um, wear your mask. Wear your mask. <laughs> <laughs>